the foundation is knowing, you know, the, the person and the work of Christ, who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And then, and then the next step is understanding our identity and work, you know, who we are in Christ and then how we live that out. Hello, everybody. Uh, this is Pastor Tim, and I'm joined today with uh, Pastor Doug Gaunt. And we're here to talk about uh, reconciliation a little bit more. But in particular, Doug is an expert. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> at reconciliation. <laughs> but you have done some, some training and had some significant intentional experience of going and helping um, churches in particular reconcile. Mm -hmm. And so can you just tell us a little bit about what that looks like, how that, what that role is like? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I am um, what they call a, a district reconciler or a, a church reconciler for the Nebraska district in, in that it's a synodical um, appointed position. It, uh, the, the president of the district had asked me back in 2017 whether I would be willing to do that. Um, he knew that I had had some previous training and things like that. And so um, there was some training that, that uh, I went through in St. Louis with a number of other district reconcilers. There are two lay reconcilers and two um, um, pastoral reconcilers in every in every district okay in that so there's four all together in the nebraska district uh, two are called and two are lay um so yeah it was it was great training but i had you know had a lot of other training prior to that and in, in a you know a number of different ways in, in that as well hmm. so with that training you know um do they just kind of say, well, you know, they're not just saying, well, go in there and just try to sort it out, would you? Like, yeah. there, I think there's, I don't know, in my experience of trying to reconcile anyone else's problem, mm -hmm. you know, and trying to be a third party to that, mm -hmm. you can go wrong about 15 different ways. Oh, yeah. 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 So uh, what kind of training were they helping you to do or what's the focus of that yeah. Yeah. speciality? It happens on on different levels. Um, the The training is primarily given by and designed by uh, an organization called Ambassadors of Reconciliation, um, and and that's a those are Missouri Synod people who have developed the the, the materials and a number of different courses. Um, it all started from another group called Peacemakers International, and uh, Ted Kober. Uh, was a part of that and then um, and was a reconciler and, and taught reconciliation and so on uh, in the Missouri Synod you know, throughout the nation. And, and so now he does that and then this Ambassadors of Reconciliation is, is you know, particularly Missouri Synod. You know. um, so when, it's, a, it's about a four-day training and it's pretty extensive all day long and um, you learn how to reconcile on different levels in, in that. One is you know, just teaching reconciliation uh, in, in congregations, trying to develop a culture of reconciliation, a mindset for people. But then along with that, that teaching, then there's also um, coaching 
And so coaching is, you know, working with individuals when there's some conflict, you're working with individuals, um, you know, and it's not as formal and that there's, uh, there's formal reconciliation, informal reconciliation. And once you uh, get into the formal reconciliation, there are you know, documents that you use and mm -hmm. things like that. Um, there are meetings that you have, uh, pre-reconciliation with the, the different parties that are involved in the conflict, and then, um, and then, and then a meeting with everyone there, and you go through uh, a kind of a process mm. of reconciliation as well. And so that's much more formal. It can go all the way to uh, situations, dispute resolution, where um, a congregation or someone is bringing charges against a pastor, mm -hmm. you know, and then you know, we can be involved in that process as well. So there's just a, a whole lot of different levels of, um, of service to it. Yeah, so what... what um you know, give us a flavor of like you said, sometimes a church will have a dispute with their pastor mm -hmm. and would bring charges uh, that might be kind of like um, just abandoning their duties or teaching false doctrine, mm -hmm. possibly. Mm -hmm. Are there any kind of typical cases that you might see that a church would struggle with that they need help to sort yeah. through? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, you know, th those kinds of things, you know, false doctrine and so on. Also, you know, if some kind of um, um, overt and unrepented sin, mm. you know, and that, uh, you know, seen some of those kinds of situations. But um, oftentimes, and more often than not, it's just relational. And yeah. that, and you know, some of those things, there, there's material issues, and then there are relational issues, and so you mm. want, and, and, and in most most situations, there's a little bit of each, um, especially when it's people who are not, you know, a pastor in a congregation, but just interpersonal uh, reconciliation. There's usually, a, you know, material issues and relational issues, and and, and but whenever there is, you want to, you know, deal with one at a time, and. Uh, you know, my philosophy is, is you, it's kind of a left foot, right foot. Sometimes you, you start with one, and then when that starts to bog down, then you switch over to the, the other one. Mm. And then when that starts to bog down, you switch back, and you just keep going left foot, mm. right foot until you kind of work through so the whole process. So you're saying material things like, um, like uh, recorded behaviors or um, money issues, yeah. building issues. Property, money. Yeah. Um, and then there's leadership roles, okay. you know, that kind of thing, and then organizational the roles. relational things, which is just like, you know, hey, you hurt my feelings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you get right into the middle of that and try to help churches sort their way out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. what, what, <laughs> Pastor Doug, why would you want to do that with your life? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, it, it's, I think it's something that um, the Lord, um, really led me to mm. and that it's something that was a, a, a big interest of mine when I was at seminary and prior to seminary and then uh, I had these opportunities and part of that was just from being involved in conflict in, in the congregation that I was at and you know in my mind um, you know, this was not a particularly conflicted congregation. I'd been told by other people that, you know, prior to that, that there, you know, had been a lot of conflict in the congregation. But with my experience, you know, there were things, but, you know, it never really got out of hand and, and it worked, you know, worked out pretty well. And um, so, you know, I guess my interest in it all, you know, started before that. Um, I had 
before going to the seminary, I was a, a correctional officer, mm. um, started in uh, county corrections, and then uh, was recruited into um, the Indiana State Department of Corrections. Um, and, and I think that the reason I was asked to do that is because people recognized that I had a different, um, I guess, philosophy or presence than a lot of people did hmm. um, when, when I was in, you know, when I was working as a correctional officer and, and how I dealt with, you know, people and those kinds of things. And I think they appreciated that. And so I got recruited to work in the, for the state and then uh, was a, a sergeant for a while. So then I was supervising and kind of coaching and teaching, you know, other officers, you know, how to do the same things and so on. Hmm. Then how, how would you, uh, your, how would you characterize that uh, distinction that people were recognizing? Is it just uh, like just patience with people, just mm -hmm. willing to work with them? Like what, what made you the candidate for? Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, <laughs> my philosophy is it kind of revolves around the word focus and, and focus, you know, it had some, you know, martial arts training too. And, um, the word focus, there's a word damashi that means focus. And it's, you know, putting all of your efforts into one direction and then they all arrive at the same time. That's mm. focus. But then uh, along with that, I use it as an acronym and I have a, a bracelet that I, I wear you know, all the time when I'm um, doing ministry and it and has F-O-C-U-S. And, and the, the one acronym that, it, that is, you know, first and foremost is focus on Christ's undeserved salvation. That's mm. number one. And, and then everything kind of um, is, uh, spokes out of there and that. But then also, whenever I'd go into a situation that was, you know, a little contentious in that, I would, I would think firm, be firm, but flexible, uh, not rigid, firm, observant, watching people's body language, listening to what they're saying, things like that, courteous, understanding and sincere. Hmm. And so, and so I'd go to every, into every situation thinking along those hmm. lines first. And, and so I think that kind of demeanor makes a difference in the way people hmm. respond to me and, and then hopefully respond to each yeah, other. Yeah. That sounds like, uh, some good things to attend to, mm -hmm. you know, and as you're going into, especially a, a situation with heightened anxiety, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So you're kind of, you've had some good experience in that and I kind of cut you off. You, mm -hmm. you kind of continued, right. continued on in, in that career for a time and then. Yeah. So then uh, what, what I realized while I was doing that and um, was that the, the primary issue in the guy's lives that I was supervising was a spiritual issue. Hmm. You know, people would always ask me, well, are they all, you know, this race or that race? Hmm. Are they all poor? Are they all, you know, these kinds hmm. of things. And people would try to put their finger on what the issue was that way. And I, and I would say, well, you know, basically it was, they were guys who had made bad decisions, but, but primarily I realized this was a spiritual issue. And, and as a correctional officer or a sergeant, it wasn't appropriate for me to, you know, to proselytize yeah, and yeah. that. Uh, if someone asked me about my faith, I would, you know, talk about my faith, but I didn't initiate it. But I also realized 
I'm not getting to the real issue. And it was mm. a spiritual issue mm. first and foremost. And so that's when I decided, okay, I'm going to go to the seminary mm. and, and just see, you know, where that leads me. And I wasn't even necessarily absolutely certain I wanted to be a pastor mm -hmm. yet. Um, I went thinking, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to take the classes and see where it goes. And, and so then it led to a call. Now, mm -hmm. when you were a corrections officer, was that, that in St. Louis? It was in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Okay. And then okay. I ended up going to the Fort Wayne Seminary. Okay. Concordia okay. Seminary in Fort Wayne. But then you served in St. Louis for a time or outside in St. Charles. As a pastor. Yeah. yeah. That was all, you know, um, I was in St. Charles for 30 years. Okay. And that. So, yeah, you know, actually, I, I, uh, I had a little bit of a time serving in the jail in St. Louis, mm -hmm. uh, shadowing a chaplain. And oh, that was okay. really interesting. Yeah. Um, interesting work. So um, as we think about reconciliation, you know, we're kind of thinking about it on a, on a community level mm -hmm. with the kind of work that you do. Um, you said a lot of times it's a spiritual issue in the prisons. <laughs> Uh, how about in the churches? Is it the same issue, same oh, yeah. spiritual issues going on? Absolutely, yeah. And and so that's, you know, that's and that's the if you think of it, that's the foundation of it all. And you got to deal with those kinds of things. And you know, and, and this is something that I've dealt with in regard to, you know, pastors and congregation members and so on. But also, it was something that I would, you know, teach and coach with uh, in, in marriage issues yeah, and yeah. that uh, premarital, you know, helping people prepare for marriage. Um, I would always, you know, tell couples the only way that you're able to maintain a, any relationship that's worthwhile is through giving and receiving forgiveness. And mm. to learn how to give and receive forgiveness is, is essential. It's and, a skill set, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and it doesn't. It's not a natural. No, act. it's not. Yeah. <laughs> so you. It's uh, good to remember. Coach people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, we have these kind of stuck spiritual issues. I mean, is is the resolution to those spiritual issues um, grasping the the depth of the gospel uh, a little bit more? I mean, is that the heart of it, where we understand? how God has been patient with us and how God has been the one to reach out in reconciliation to us in Christ and actually mm -hmm. paid the cost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's a, there's these common themes in, especially in Lutheranism, you know, it's, it's there in the small catechism, it's there, you know, obviously throughout scriptures that the catechism is based on, and then you can, you know, it's applied to every situation um, that we deal with. And, you know, I've heard some people uh, say that, you know, in some situations, 95% of what we do as pastors is conflict oriented, you mm. know, dealing with conflict on some level. Mm. And that I don't, I don't know, I, I that sounded, that still sounds kind of high to yeah. me, but, um, but, you know, I would say the majority of things that we do, mm. you know, deal with that. And so we want to approach it as a, a spiritual issue and the and the foundation is knowing you know the the person and the work of christ who jesus is and what he's done for us and then and then the next step is understanding our identity and work you know who we are in christ and then how we live that out yeah you know um so you know a lot of times when 
when people are in, you know, in a circumstance or a situation and, and I'm trying to coach people, you know, that's the thing that I definitely, you know, want them to, to focus on. And that that's, you know, and, and once you get that started, then the other parts kind of fall into place. Yeah, we, um, so we've been focusing on reconciliation here at Holy Cross for this Lent season. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we've included, which um, I think is appropriate, you know, it's like um, before the, we share communion together, we share the peace. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you've experienced kind of that traditional liturgy, you, you maybe know that's where that goes in the mm -hmm. service. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes you don't know the, the theology, the meaning behind that, you know, that as we are being reconciled to God um, and invited to his table, we're going to be sure that we are also working towards reconciliation. Mm -hmm. And so we really wanted to have an opportunity for families, you know, to, to hug their kids if they've had a hard week mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, people who've known each other, but maybe, you know, uh, had some abrasive conversations or some kind of a clash that they can actually see each other, recognize each other and, and shake each other's hands, say the peace of the Lord, you know, because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we really want that reconciliation to flow from our Christian identity, Christian community. Um, and so that, yeah, we're hoping that that takes root in people's hearts, mm -hmm. you know, as we want some preventative <laughs> conflict. Yeah, we don't yeah. want to, we don't want to be a people of conflict with each other, you yeah, know, conflict yeah. with the forces of darkness. Yes. But be proactive. Yeah. So I, I pray that that, um, that there is, that the work of God among us does help, you know, change mm -hmm. the temperature in the room, you know, and, and get past some of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, those words, uh, we, call a, we call that a performative statement mm. when, we, when we say, you know, the peace of the Lord be with you and also with you. Um, those words have power in mm. that, and, and so they, they accomplish what they say. And, yeah, that. and yeah. sometimes in spite of ourselves, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, just I think there's something to be said for just speaking the words, even when our hearts may be still mm. a little hard, but you know, it, it'll definitely go beyond that too. It's it's mm. a process, you know, and it's a progression mm. that people go through. And and so yeah. yeah. So yeah. as we've been focusing on this, you know, we've gone through different um, images of reconciliation in the scriptures, uh, different texts, the prodigal son. Um, we went through Paul's conversion experience and mm. being reconciled mm -hmm. to God, and then through Ananias being reconciled to the brothers, the church. Um, and a lot of the questions um, are, you know, I was surprised. It's surprising how emotional this content is mm -hmm. of let's try to reconcile. Um, a lot of the questions revolve around what you were beginning to talk about that. Well, what if it's hard? You know, what if it's what if the wound is deep? Mm -hmm. What if the person that I wish to be reconciled with doesn't want anything to do with that? Mm -hmm. um, or you know, do Christians just have to just forgive, you know, every time, uh, you know, say in, in the context of a divorce or something very deep and painful? Mm -hmm. um, what would you say to that? Someone who's struggling to reconcile, what are, do you have some practical things like you were saying, yeah. just start speaking it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe your heart's going to follow that. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, and a big, big part of that is prayer. Mm. Um, on the one hand, you know, praying for yourself, because sometimes there may be someone who has hurt you or, or your family members, let's say, yeah. um, you know, hurt your children, you know, in a terrible way. Um, you know, how are, you know, and, and, and then we recognize that God's word requires that we forgive them. You know, forgive us our trespasses. Mm. You know, fifth. Mm-hmm. You know, the fifth petition is is very powerful that way, and and you know, so if someone had assaulted, you know, my family members, you know, I would have a hard time yeah. being willing to you know forgive them. No kidding. And that, but it is I recognize that that's something that you know that the Lord does require of me. And sometimes what will happen is they don't even want my forgiveness and, and that. And that's you know that's all on them, but I do ha- you know need to kind of cultivate that heart and pray for it. It's kind of like the the man who you know brought his child to be healed by Jesus and he mm. says if you can and Jesus says if you know if you can and then, um, you know, and then he says, you know, I believe, forgive my unbelief. Mm. So we say the same pressure. Um, we say the same prayer. You know, we have to when we have that hard heart that is unwilling to forgive, we need to ask for forgiveness for that. Lord, forgive my unforgiveness. Yeah. And, okay. that. and when we pray that prayer, that helps to soften our heart. Yeah, and, that. Yeah. and then the other thing that I always tell people to do, and you know, I learned this back in corrections. I used to, I would ride my bike across Fort Wayne to get to where I was working. And during my ride, I would be praying to the Lord, Lord, help me to uh, love these guys and, and that. And, and that made all the difference in the world and how I, you know, acted on the floor and so mm. on. And so, um, you know, it's the same thing and I tell people this all the time when they're in conflict situations in the church pray for that person that you're mm. in conflict with pray for their well-being you know um, pray that you know that, that things you know will you know work out between you and that kind of thing that they would want your forgiveness or or you know God's forgiveness first and then receive that um, you know and 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 as soon as you start praying those prayers mm you will find your heart starts to soften by mm, praying mm. for their well-being. Yeah. That. It makes a world of difference yeah. in how you react to them. And when, so then when you start to react differently towards them, it's, it's uncanny how they'll you know, react differently towards us. And, uh, well, I have a few thoughts with that. First of all, that's, that sounds like a lot of work. I don't know if I want to yeah. do that. <laughs> that's the first thought. My second thought is, no, I, really, I've experienced that. Mm-hmm. You know, when I've had some conflict in my own heart and life uh, in the church or outside of the church, yeah, I think it, you know, it takes a while to learn this skill. But, okay, mm-hmm. what are you going to do with that? Um, beginning to pray for them, mm-hmm. that person. And you think, man, what does God want for this person? And, and also, especially if they're a Christian, you think, I'm going to be sitting around, you know, the throne of God with them for sure. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so what will God, what will that scene be like when we're in glory and mm-hmm. we, we've come past this? And so if you can start to, yeah, bring that person before God, it really does change mm-hmm. your heart towards them. Yeah, you know, and yeah. I, I, that's such a valuable skill. Um, 
And a nine, well, back let, in. Um, let me mention something yeah, sure. while you're saying yeah. that because this is so important. You know, the, that first step is to pray for him. The second step is to ask yourself this question How can I glorify God in this situation? Mm -hmm. And then after that, the, the follow-up question is, and who, who else can benefit from the way we handle this mm. conflict? If you ask yourselves those two questions, so the first one, how can I glorify God? I've talked to people, and when I brought that question up, and, and these are you know, um, faithful Christian people mm. who are, you know, but in the, they're in the midst of this conflict, and they're you know, you know, pretty um, you know, angry and, sure, you know, yeah. and that kind of thing. That, changes their whole outlook. Okay, this is an opportunity for me to glorify God. How can I do that? And, and so then that changes everything. Yeah, very, it's a very good question because it helps you to see that bigger picture. Mm -hmm. And you immediately, in my mind, when I hear that question, I think about, well, how did people glorify God in the scriptures? Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of times it was by humble witness, by taking mm -hmm. loss, yeah. Uh, you know, but turning back with grace yeah, yeah. by forgiving. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and with that follow-up question, um, what I'll sometimes do with people, you know, I'll say, so who, who can benefit from this and, and that? And they'll say, well, I guess me. And then, and then the person that I'm, you know, in conflict with, I'll say, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, who else? Hmm. And, then, and then and keep asking. Who else? Mm -hmm. Who else? It, before long, you'd have this long list of mm -hmm. names because, and you, it's just kind of like it just spider webs out into all of these different relationships and that. And, and, you know, and the fact is, you know, as Christians in the church, people outside of the church are watching us. Yeah. They are watching the way we deal with conflict because. Conflict is not necessarily a bad thing. There's a lot of growth that can happen through conflict, but then um, the difference is we in, in, in the faith, we in the church, handle conflict differently than the rest of the world. And that. So conflict can be a good thing, you know, in, in every arena, but we handle it differently and we handle it, you know, through giving and receiving forgiveness. Yeah, that's really the, the difference, isn't it? That, you know, we, we share that forgiveness of Jesus with people. Whereas, you know, in, in the, if you just take that element away, then it's kind of a, I won, you lost. That's the only mm -hmm. outcome, right? Mm -hmm. It's someone's going to win to a certain degree. You know, you drag someone into the courts and I won 60% yeah. of the, you know, the cost of this or whatever, or yeah. I won 100%. But in the church, um, when forgiveness is shared, mm -hmm. someone takes a loss usually, you know, mm -hmm. no one really wins, but they, they win each other back. Mm -hmm. You know, the outcome is we have been reconciled. And then also there is a witness that is shared that there's a possibility for reconciliation, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. So last kind of question, have, do you have any, uh, encouraging words or thoughts about, um, situations that you've seen where people have have done what you've prescribed, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they have glorified God yeah. and and really given a good witness to the faith. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's really quite a few of them, but I'll, I'll tell you one that probably stands out the most in my mind, and this was 
as a pastor, um, there was a family that I had spent a lot, a lot of time with, and they were a rough family, and that, um, you know, didn't have a lot of money and that kind of thing. The, the dad was an iron worker. He was mm. real rough and tumble. Uh, they had one daughter and three sons. All three sons were golden gloves boxers. Oh, wow. And they would get in fights. Their dad would fight the boys and mm. that kind of thing. They'd be in fist fights mm. and things like that. I mean, it was, it was awful. At one point, you know, the oldest busted his dad's ribs. And mm. that. he was a big, burly guy. And uh, he, you know, they all, they, you know, they all got in trouble with the law, and, you know, on some level and things like that. Um, <laughs> I remember I used to go and, and visit the one guy, you know, after we started to, you know, develop this relationship of reconciliation and, you know, a pastor um, parishioner relationship there. And I would go visit him in jail. And sometimes we'd play ping pong and I'd love, mm. I love ping pong and we'd play ping pong and that kind of thing. And then um, when he did get out, he'd come to church and, and he, he was the one that busted his dad's ribs. And he would always give me this big bear hug. He was a big guy and that, and I would always be in the, my back of my mind, don't break my ribs. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. But um, so, you know, this was a family that there was so much contention mm. and that and conflict. And it, and it was always the worst around funerals. And there were mm. a number of funerals yeah. that they had the, when the dad had died and when um, an aunt had an aunt had died who was um, the mother's sister. And then um, when the oldest son had died and, mm. you know, and, and oftentimes that would kind of bring out the worst yeah, in that. Yeah. And you know, sometimes those funeral times bring out the best in people. Sometimes they bring out the worst in people. And so those were always really tough and conflicted situations. And, and, and it would change, you know, who was against who would oftentimes change. Um, and, and there was one where, you know, the aunt had died and, and they were, the, the kids were in conflict with the mother at that time. And, and, the mother had asked, you know, for counsel for me about what to do and how to handle that. Mm. And, you know, I encouraged her to, you know, go to the, the, the visitation and, and not necessarily, you know, get into any kind of interaction because that was going to be real risky, but, you know, pay respects, you know, be courteous and, and loving and caring and then just leave, you know. Well, afterwards, after the, the funeral service and all, um, you know, the one son who was, you know, he was actually he went from Golden Gloves. He was a professional boxer for a while, pretty successful. And then he was a, uh, a union steward for a while. So, you know, I mean, this guy, and, and I remember him um, telling me, he says, I despise you. Mm. He despised me and that. And that, you know, yeah, I didn't know you what to expect that word. there. Yeah, 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 that was pretty strong. Well, later on, when... You know when the mother was was real ill, and she was she was tough too. She was uh, she was a cook on a, a barge that would go up and down the Mississippi. So it would just with these you know these barge workers and mm. stuff. You know, and um, you know, she was she was tough, but uh, she had you know lung cancer. She smoked uh, you know a lot, and and that affected her. And and um, so um, there came a point where after doing that pre-reconciliation coaching with, you know, the different group, you know, different people and so on, we were able to all get together and they were able to, you know, speak those words of, you know, confession and forgiveness to each other and reconcile with one another and, you know, and then 
and then that you know built those rebuilt those relationships and um and and then eventually the mom passed away mm. and that and and it was just that was you know one that will always stand out in my mind as you know successful in that sense and um, and meaningful, you know, mm. to those people and also to me. Yeah, yeah. Because that same guy, you know, yeah. he told me, that, you know, after we had that session and so on, you know, we were good as gold. And cool. that, uh, that was wonderful. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's incredible. It sounds like kind of a long journey to get to that point. Yeah, yeah it really um, was. It was. Yeah, know. people, you know, they're not they're not jumping in line to reconcile quite often. And sometimes those patterns of conflict are so strong, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in families. And so, yeah, it's, it's wonderful when you see those positive steps, you know, those positive healing moments. And yeah, I pray that that continued yeah, in that yeah. family. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I do too. I mean, I don't, I don't hear from them or see them much anymore, but you know, while I was still in Missouri, you know, would see him often, and, yeah. uh, and that was uh, that was always a blessing, and uh, you know, and there's you know a number of different marriages that that were healed in, mm -hmm. in that, and that was you know those were always a blessing too. Well, good. Well, we we've given us quite a bit to consider and think about. Um, I think um, hearing those hopeful words and ideas, you know, I think one of the pieces would just be to encourage our congregation members and anyone who happens to come across this podcast mm -hmm. to think about reconciliation, you know, just yeah. have it as this, you know, we are ambassadors of reconciliation mm -hmm. uh, as, as St. Paul says, you yeah. know, yeah. Um, be reconciled to God. And, and sometimes that's going to cost us and mm -hmm. it's going to be an emotionally difficult journey. Um, but I think it's, this is, this is what our God has called us to and has demonstrated for us in, in uh, Jesus Christ. And so this is kind of the business of our master. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, like I said before, you want to develop a culture of reconciliation mm. and, you know, by passing the peace and the services and things like that, you know, you're fostering that by having, you know, teaching and things like that, that, you know, that you're doing, you're fostering that. Um, but then from there, you know, um, you know, sometimes when you find out about these situations, I encourage people to, when they when they're not able to do it on their own, get some help, and and hmm. that can come from going to your pastors, and and you know talking to them, and you know hearing the confession and, and absolution with them, but also you know they'll be able to coach you, and and sometimes uh, they'll be able to, you know sit in, you know, with people and help to kind of broker that, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, um, mediation, it's kind of yeah. mediation at that point. And, and sometimes, you know, and then you, sometimes you have to go beyond that and into what we would call arbitration. You get, you know, someone who is a professional reconciler to be involved or, you know, at, at some level and, and arbitration is, you know, where they all of a sudden they're saying, okay, we have this issue, we can't seem to resolve it, and then, but we agree that whatever you say we will do. Gotcha. You know, yeah. That's kind of the... It's kind of a last know, resort, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it really is. Yeah. And that, so, you know, hopefully it doesn't ever, you know, it doesn't get to that. And, 
Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, good. Well, thanks for your, your wisdom and your time. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It was a blessing. Thanks. Uh, do you have any dad jokes? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not off the top of my uh, head. All right. I got one for you then. Okay, good. All right. Good. All right. Did you hear about the man who invented a pencil with two erasers? Nope. It was kind of pointless. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right. I Thanks for coming it. by, Doug. I appreciate it.